It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, For your di- local daily sports fix here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. Alongside producer Adam Lundy. I'm the coach Shannon Griffith sitting in for Mr. Brett Rump. Jam-packed first hour there. More of the same here in the second. As we take you home here on Friday in the Summit City. In a big sports weekend. We have the girls semi-state on tap, Homestead, Norwell, and Bishop Lures. Good luck to those ladies as they embark on a chance to win the semi-state and head then to Indianapolis for the state tournament. We have the Norwell game for you tomorrow. And tonight, we have Bishop Lures and Northside. Sure Caleb do. Hatch, Caleb Hatch on the call. I think we might actually have uh, Josh on the call tonight. Josh okay. Williams on the call tonight, and then Caleb will be on the call of Norwell Hamilton Heights gotcha. in the morning right after talking sports at 10 in the morning tomorrow. Well, I appreciate you getting me corrected on the right track. No problem. You keep me between the white lines. That's the big <laughs> important part there. But big sports weekend with the semi-state going on and, of course, Summit City basketball tonight. As we discussed there earlier, then you guys will be at the uh, East was it East State Pizza Hut tonight yeah. for the post game festivities, followed by Mr. Jim Lovell, Bob Lovell. Bob Lovell. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm really. Good. He has done that show for a number of years. Does a great service to all mm-hmm. of high school athletics throughout the state of Indiana. Get a chance to talk to all the different coaches, absolutely. Hear their takes on their games, um, but. Always remember, we're right here with the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. We talked in that first hour about Caitlin Clark and her big-time NBA-style three-point shot, 215 into the game versus Michigan, breaking the scoring record formerly held by Casey Flum. And now she's in pursuit of Pistol Pete's record. And we talked about her and her yeah. lucrative NIL deal. Will she come back or not? She's 99 points shy of passing yeah. Pete Maravich. Unbelievable. I mean, that's I mean that's remarkable. But as we said in that first hour, we took care of covering mm-hmm. what all Caitlin has done and what's in front of her. PFW on the road to take on Detroit Mercy tomorrow afternoon. Uh, is that a 1 o'clock tip? It is a 1 o'clock, one o'clock tip. tip. Uh Dons have three big road games coming up, two after tonight, 
Green Bay and Milwaukee, I believe, is next week. And they're in eighth place right now. That You know, that's a big, big weekend uh, coming up here for them after this weekend. And we talked a little bit about, you know, this team and being a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they went on a run and maybe won the horizon because I think they have the ability to do that. We've talked about some of the things that have stopped them uh, as it pertains to games and either what, what, you know, making a shot at the crucial moment or a foul shot at the crucial moment or getting that big stop on defense that stops momentum for an opposing team. Uh, but when you look at this team overall, I think uh, they're quite capable of doing some, you know, remarkable things come tourney time. And we're going to find out these last few games, I think, will give you an, uh, a little insight into that potentially uh, as it pertains to the Dons and the Horizon uh, League playoffs and how that all works. You have, I think, the first is it the first five teams get buys in the first round, and then the rest have what the you know kind of a play-in round in that regard. But um, we'll find out uh, with all that and the Dons. But tomorrow, you would think that they will send Detroit Mer- Mercy onto their next losing streak <laughs> after their one big win this past week, as you said, and. A storming court fashion of one person uh, with that one. But uh, alluded to the little bit of in the first hour. Kind of save this the second hour. As you know, I am a big Comets hockey fan. I've been for a number of years. And, you know, getting call-ups during the year with some of the players that are AHL-owned or in some cases their contracts are owned by the NHL parent club. You know, Berglund gets called up. Not unexpected in that regard. Wedman getting called up. Not much of expect. Not unexpected. He's had a fine year, and we you really tell when he's out of the lineup. I think there's a big hole when he's not in the lineup, in my opinion. But as you reported earlier, and we talked about earlier, um, Morgan Adam Moisan has left the Comets after 22 games to head overseas in Germany. Uh, to play out the rest of the year there. Um, he was the captain of the comments. Um, I don't like this on a lot of levels. I'm not quite sure. I know we always say, well, it's the money and things of that magnitude. And I'm not always sure that is correct. I think that's a good crutch to lie upon sometimes. I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about the situation. But the comments right now are reeling uh, right now with losing those three guys. They play in Kalamazoo tonight, game you'll hear right here on our sister station, WoWo, with Mr. Shane Alberani, and we'll get a chance to talk to him coming up. But here's Adam Moisan, just came back from injury, which put him out for 22 games. He returned to play last week in Wichita. You know, prior to that, he had been having his best season to date in the, in the goal-scoring department. I'm not sure he was known as a goal-scorer, but he had 12 goals, 5 assists, 17 points uh, on the year before getting hurt, I think it was against Iowa, mm-hmm. and a knee injury that uh, went in for a check, kind of had a knee-on-knee contact, and 
it put him out for 22 games. Comes back last week in Wichita, which he only lasted for about 16 minutes as he gets a mis- game misconduct for checking from behind. And, uh, of course, that led to a little dance at center ice because of the hit. But he only comes back for that amount of time and only playing uh, a handful of games, it just seems, that now he's off to Germany. And I just, it's one of those, one of those situations where I just, number one, I don't like it. I mean, if you're committed to a team, you're committed to a team. I, I, that's kind of how I always look at it. I understand that people are going to say it's a business. If this business offers you X amount of more than this business, um, you wouldn't turn it down. I get all that. But these are all things that either have happened during the year as they're talking with their agents and such. I just don't like the way it looks. It puts the comments in a big bind especially someone that they were counting on, uh, I would say, for the better part of the year, to be that leader, which he was, Adam, and, and to some respects. He wore the C. He earned that C for whatever reason uh, the head coach decided to put it on him. And now the guy that you determined to be the captain of your club, he bolts on the team and heads to Germany. Yeah, it is upsetting. And it's like you said, it's not the best you know, overall optics to – have your cop captain, you know, leave the team and sign overseas. But uh, I don't want to be too harsh. You know, I do understand that these guys do need, you know, sometimes they feel the need to take these opportunities monetarily. Well, sure. But it's just, it, it really is rough for the Comets and the Comets fans that want to see a, a winning team here in Fort Wayne and at the jungle. Well, here's what I don't understand. Yeah. You've got these guys in Europe that mm-hmm. have all this money. They, you can't tell me that in the amount in the amount of time that's transitioned between the start of the season and now that that much has changed in Europe. You would assume that whatever this offer from this team in Germany was probably made on the table prior to the season. It, I just don't think it would have necessarily come out of thin air. But you know that's kind of how I view it. I just don't think it happens. I think these things are always in the backs of somebody's mind they want to see how things are going and maybe they don't feel things are going the way they want them so they're just gonna head over to germany or somewhere else and take it for the money but um as you can tell i'm not too happy no as it no. pertains to the news and the fact that you know you kind of felt like a sigh of relief came yesterday when there was no movement and and then only to find out today that there actually was a transaction that sent Adam to uh, over to Germany. And uh, it's just another big hole for the Comets. Uh, they lost Cam Wright, went to Bakersfield after four games. Uh, they, he's played 21 of their 40 games up there, so it's not somebody that, uh, that the Condors have used week in and week out. Um, but we've never really replaced him. And now Adam's gone, and you got other two guys up in the AHL. Um, at least you get the hope that they'll be back. We'll see and how that goes. But the Comets have uh, a big weekend in front of them, and then we're going to talk to Shane not only about those games this weekend, but what is left in the season for the Comets because I think you've got to look ahead. With only 24 games left, top four make the playoffs. And this division they're in, it's a big battle uh, from 
the uh, the second spot on down because not much separates the group and the Toledo Walleye have actually come back to the pack a little bit after they kind of got out to a great big lead. So we'll talk to Shane a little bit about that. We're going to talk to Jim Coyle once we come back from this break, a little bit of IU basketball and maybe some football. I know he has a tendency to get his blood pressure up on the <laughs> on the Hoosiers because things have not gone the Indiana's way this year. They've got a big game this weekend versus the Northwestern Western Wildcats. But we'll get with Jimmy right after this. We're going to come back, and we'll have those conversations right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. This is Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Coffin, and you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons! The Dons have a big one tomorrow afternoon in Detroit versus Detroit Mercy. One o'clock tip-off right here on 1380 The Fan. Brett Rump to have the call on all of that. Our next guest you hear every day here regularly on the uh, before the sports rush and every morning at 8.30 on Indiana Sports Beats Radio. I'm honored to be on the ISB every Thursday morning to talk a little football, but today I wanted to get the honor of being the guy that gets to interview our next guest and maybe get his blood pressure up a little bit. Now joining us on the hotline from ISB Radio, our host, Jimmy Coyle. Jim, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Awesome, brother. How's it going up there? <laughs> it's snowing. <laughs> well, I was just telling Adam, uh, I- I've been sitting here working all day and trying to get out to do other things, but I- I- about 5.30, I got up to go do something, and I sit next to a window. I left the room before I noticed. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, my God. I have no idea. There's at least three inches down here right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, we don't have that much. We've just kind of got a trace. We just spoke to uh, Jeremiah Johnson, who does the Indiana Pacers for Bally Sports there in Indianapolis, and he was talking as if they had quite a bit of snow on the ground. So we're fortunate right now. We've only got a tracing uh, of snow. But, you know, that's Indiana for you. One week it could be 60, and the next weekend it could be snowy. It was 55 yesterday, man. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? And it's going to be 60 uh, in, within five days. Well, that's Indiana yeah, right. weather. Indiana weather. But I thought, why not get Mr. Coyle on the sports rush, get his blood pressure a little bit up with talking about Indiana basketball. And we got the Northwestern Wildcats tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Sunday. Sunday, I'm sorry. On Sunday at 3 o'clock. Right now, Indiana, 14-10, 6-7 in the Big Ten. They're in the eighth place. Taking on the Wildcats this weekend. Let me ask you this. In your opinion, has it been a frustrating season right now? Would you describe it as a frustrating season for the Hoosiers? (laughs) <laughs> oh, all I can do is laugh. I mean, it doesn't bother me because I, I, you know, I, I'm I went to school there, but I uh, turned in my fan card a long time ago doing this job. But the fans have just been, and I understand the frustration is crazy because it shouldn't be there. It, it, there's no reason for it to be there. Um, there is no way in the world there should be a drop off in year three. 
and uh, they're right to be frustrated. Uh, it, it does doesn't make sense, and uh, it everything that that is that are the reasons are their own making. So yeah, to answer your question, <laughs> very much so for Indiana fans, and especially when the fact you have. Um, Purdue doing well, that aggravates them. You know, that doesn't make life easier for them. Yeah. Um, but it's just they're, they're not competitive with Purdue. They're just bad. Yeah, they've had a hard time all year to even, I mean, there's been some games where you were just kind of wondering what is on the court right now um, because of some of the play that they were getting early on. Um, now Malik Renew, I mean, he's had you know his games and leading scorer and all right now, but it's been a hard year in terms of really what does the identity of this team? I mean, what is it that they do that you know gives them the confidence going into the game that nobody's going to take this away from us? And I I couldn't tell you what that is. Um, well, I mean, it's. Similar to last year, but not just not nearly as good as all. I mean, you, you're the same thing as they bring the ball up the floor and let's just try to get it inside um, and see if that works. And if not, we'll go from there. But last year, you had All American Trace Jackson Davis to, to go yeah. through that, and current NBA player Trace Jackson Davis to go through, and Jalen Huchifino, who was also on the roster of the Los Angeles Lakers. So, Big difference between that personnel and this personnel. So it there's that drop off, and uh, that's the problem. They did not cure their ills in the off season, and they're just the guard play is what has just mm-hmm. destroyed Indiana this year, and that's going to be their biggest problem on Sunday, taking on a Northwestern team that, although they just lost Ty Berry who is one of their most important players, they still have three guards, three that average double figures and all shoot 35% or above from behind the arc, which has been Indiana's nemesis this year. Yeah. So they're going to have to slow those guards down, um, and but Indiana has a shot by because Northwestern does not have much on the inside, so it's... It's going to be a three-to-two game, but it's going to be up to Indiana to keep those threes from not mounting up. Well, I guess if there's any good side of the the equation on Sunday is while Northwestern is in the top three offensively, they're also in the bottom four uh, defensively, I believe. So they're kind of, uh, you know, one of those teams that offensively they create some problems, but defensively teams have been able to get – you know, score on them and score on them re- fairly regularly. Uh, but they're one of two teams that has beaten Purdue this year. I mean, that's the other thing that you think about Northwestern. They're one of the teams that beat Purdue this year, I believe, in double. They almost beat them twice. Yeah, and it's it's one of those teams that when they're on, like you discussed earlier with shooting the ball behind the arc, they're they're pretty tough to beat. Yeah, yes, they've got, not only do they have these guards, but these are experienced guards. Boo Booey, take a drink, um, you know, earlier today, I, I say this all the time, you could not have a drinking game in which you had to take a drink every time you, the, Boo Booey has said, 
you would be drunk and passed out before halftime. <laughs> um, but he is going to be the uh, the uh, center of attraction on Sunday for Indiana. They have got to keep him under control. But there's also Brooks Barnheiser, an Indiana kid, that uh, is helping out with that as well. So um, what can Indiana do from a defensive standpoint on the perimeter is going to kind of tell the story in that game for Indiana. Well, and the other thing with Indiana this year that I think has been a really big problem is their first-half performance. Um, they've not been a team that started fast, and they've they've gotten themselves behind the eight ball on a, on a regular basis where they're trying to play come from behind basketball. And, you know, that's not a great uh, formula for success in the Big Ten when you're having to come back all the time. No. Uh, that is just, it's like going uphill all the time. Yeah. You can't just continue to go uphill. It wears you out. Every time you have to, you know, make a comeback, because uh, it usually takes two or three times of chipping away at it, well, that just chips away at you as well. Uh, not to say that those things can't happen, but Indiana's not a come-from-behind team. No. Because they're not a shooting team. And, you know, you need to be a shooting team. To, to really be a come-from-behind team. They did it against Ohio State, but that's like in Ohio State is either the worst or second-worst team in the league, so that doesn't, doesn't do a lot, um, or mean a lot, rather, in, in that regard. So they're going to have them at home, but this is a game Northwestern needs to win because they just lost. And while they're in the tournament, uh, I'm pretty convinced, they, they can't be losing games, and they... They mm-hmm. sure don't want to be losing back-to-back games, especially one to Indiana. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, the most definitely. And, uh, you know, here's one question, you know, I wanted to ask you because I know this is something that I think you've been asked, oh, a number of times on, on, on your show as well. But, you know, the status of Mike Woodson as it pertains to his contract, uh, you know, after this year, um, I think most people are on their the assumption or – would rather IU move on from Mike Woodson, but uh, give me your thoughts on you know Mike Woodson his contract and why that is not even a plausible uh, answer. Um, I can give you twelve point <laughs> six million reasons why it's not an answer, and it's not because that's as dumb as this sounds um, a figure that is. You know, not reachable for Indiana. It's Scott Dolson, their athletics director. He can't make this move right now, in my opinion, even if he wanted to, because he just paid or is in the process of paying Tom Allen $15.5 million to not coach at Indiana. They were all, they're already paying Archie Miller $10 million to not coach at Indiana which was on top of the $4 million given to Tom Crean to not coach at Indiana. So there's so many – you can only do that so many times before somebody says, well, wait a minute, who's making these hires and who's writing these contracts? Um, because even if they wait until after next season uh, to, to part ways, or if that happens, if they part ways with Mike Woodson after next season – that's still $8.4 million that they're going to have to buy out 
that goes on to these other millions, and it equals up to, I think, $35 million in quote-unquote dead money. And Indiana is just not, they're not Ohio State, who has you know, all the football money coming out of their ears. So they, they just, they've got to make the right hire, not just for financial reasons. It's because Indiana is not a program that should be down. Right. They're built to have, there's not a program that's built to come back better when they implemented the transfer portal and NIL. Indiana basketball should have been, boom, ready to go. But you got to have the right guy pulling the trigger and making the calls because everything else is in place. You've got the facilities. You've got a massive NIL war chest. You've got a rabid, gigantic fan base. Uh, you have a national brand, and they have it all in place and tradition. Yeah. So it's all sitting there waiting. They're a sleeping giant. They are a sleeping giant waiting to be awoken from hibernation. Yeah, the problem is it's getting harder and harder to wake that sleeping giant. <laughs> because it, of well, it's just, it just takes the right guy. I'm yeah. telling you. Because look at all the other programs that, like, oh, my God, look how well they're doing. Well, anybody can do well quickly now with the portal and NIL. And if anybody thinks it would take Indiana – Three years more to get back? They're nuts. Yeah. Chris Beard was fifteen and one to start the season with Ole Miss, with a team that, that went thirteen and twenty one last year. Rick Pitino started with ten new players. Uh, Houston lost two players to the NBA first round and another to the transfer portal, and they're Ken Palm number one. You just have to make the right moves, and it's it 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 can be done. Well, that's the the nice thing about the portal. You can find the answers that you're missing, like like you said, if you can have the right person making those decisions behind the scene. One last question before we go here. We're going to throw a little football into the equation. Grade Kurt Signetti thus far in his career, albeit six, not even six months yet, but how has he performed in your opinion thus far um i i don't want this to sound negative if i say b plus if i don't say a because there's I, you can't give an indiana football coach an a unless they've done something and he hasn't done anything other right. than he has definitely raised the excitement for indiana football in the eyes of the fan but no question. There, I don't know if that's partly because of basketball is doing what it's doing, and they're looking for anything. But there, Indiana fans want football to be successful as well. They they want a good football program, and that's the same thing there. Wrong hires. Got to make the right hires, man. Right. But he has put every seems to have put everything in place. You can tell that he has a plan that he, he didn't. He came in, hit the ground running. He, his staff didn't take him long. Bam, he, he's putting everything together. He's putting different pieces in together. Um, the only, he, he, yeah, he has a pretty full roster. The only difference is he has a ton of mid-major guys that he's brought in, which there's comfortability for him there. 
And I, I, if, if that's what it takes just to have a little success in the beginning, reach a bowl game, and then start bringing in better talent, um, but they are going to have to increase the talent level um, soon, but that's, that's probably part of his plan. Um, but so I, I'd say B my, a B plus because yeah. he he's done everything and uh, you know I don't I think he'll make a bowl game personally and that's just a total guess because I don't know what this team's going to look like but I think that because that he has had success he is a head coach he knows what it takes I think that he can do enough to get them uh, especially with the way their schedule is laid out because it is could not be any more perfect that I think even they reach a bowl game next year at minimum. Well, that's not out of the question. And we shall see as we'll get a little bit of peak of the Hoosiers coming up here in spring ball starting here in March. Jim, I appreciate you coming on today, talking a little bit of Indiana basketball and a little bit of football for all of us up here in Northeast Indiana. Always love it, man. Anything I can ever do for you, brother, you know that. And uh, especially everybody in uh, Fort Wayne, great, great town. Love it. Love everybody on the fan. Grateful to uh, be a part of the fans' family, man. So you guys have a great weekend. And uh, lucky for you, you're not going to be shoveling snow like I think I'm going to be. <laughs> well, have fun. Keep it down there uh, south of Indy, and we'll be happy. But thanks again. That's Jim Call, Indiana Sports Beat Radio right here on the Sports Rush. We're going to step aside. Coming back after the break, we're going to talk to Shane Alberani from the Fort Wayne Comets, all right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to a Friday edition of the Sports Rush here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. The Comets, big three-game weekend coming up starting tonight in KZU. And then two big games against the Cincinnati Cyclones, Saturday and Sunday. Right now, the K's three points behind KZU and are in fourth place, six points ahead of Cincinnati. Crunch time for the K's. And joining us on the hotline right now is the voice of the comments to talk all things, including Adam Moisan, Mr. Shane Alberani. Shane, how you doing, my man? Oh, what's up, coach? You're probably gearing up for that game tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, we're we're all set up, ready to go here in Kalamazoo. Uh, uh, we got, uh, I think, four more games with these guys, including uh, tonight. So uh, it, it's almost must-win season already with 24 games left. Yeah, we're going to break that down coming up here because, like you said, it uh, right now we're in that part of the year where it's almost playoff hockey every other every every game heading into the final games of the season. But first, the big news of the day. Morgan Adams Moisan has left the Comets and is headed to Germany. And this one came out of left field because last night it kind of felt like a sigh of relief, feeling that nobody was heading overseas, which is not uncommon this time of year. Yeah. But only to find out that actually the captain has made a decision to go over to Germany. Uh, yeah, it was something we, we found out really late in the day yesterday. It was probably maybe about 3 o'clock. Uh, literally right before the deadline. Uh, but, you know, it, it's something that happens every year. Uh, Kalamazoo lost Cody Milan to uh, Slovakia. Cedric De Rousseau, who is one of the leaders of that wheeling team that's on a 12-game heater, he went over to Europe. Uh, so 
it's something that happens every year. Uh, there's not much you can do about it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just the, the nature of, uh, of the beast. And, uh, you know, the kind of fortunate thing for the Comets is that, uh, you know, Adams Moisan had not played in 23 games. He made his uh, return right. uh, last Saturday, uh, and he was kicked out of the game within the first 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, you know, the Comets have been used to not, not having him in the lineup. So that is the bright spot of it. Well, yeah, no com- no question about that. But somebody that they were counting on uh, when they put the C on his chest, uh, you know, be around, I guess you could say. And surprising from the standpoint, just like you just alluded to, he has been hurt. It's not like he has, you know, put out a lot of game tape that shows him putting a lot of pucks in the net, although he was on his best start in his pro career when it comes to scoring, having had 12 goals. But... You know, right now the Comets are in a situation where not only you lose him, but you also have lost Berglund to the Bakersfield and Wedman is now back in the AHL. What have the Comets done to, I don't know, do you fill that void? Can you <laughs> fill that void? I mean, I notice a difference, especially when Matt Wedman's not in alignment. At least that's me. I mean, I just feel like there's a big missing piece out on that ice when he's yeah, not in I alignment. Know. Yeah, he, he's certainly a gritty player and uh, again, another, another nature of uh, the business where he takes the call up, and hopefully uh, he'll be back soon and uh, won't be uh, gone for the rest of the regular season. Uh, let's just hope that is the case. Uh, but, you know, every team goes through this, and we do it every year, so mm-hmm. it's not any type of panic or anything. Uh, you know, injuries happen. You know, there are teams that are staying up for injuries, so, you know, you just kind of, if you replace the word called up or went to Germany with, with, with uh, injured, <laughs> you know, you're, we're not having this conversation because, you know, uh, those things happen. So, uh, you know, the comments are down to 11 forwards here tonight. So uh, you're going to see a lot of diamond hands this week. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know, he, he's going to have to play because we're down to, again, 11 forwards. But, so, no, it's, it's just, you know, next man up mentality. You know, you know you're going to get Wedman back. You know, I think Cam Suprika is pretty close to coming back. Jake Johnson is still a little bit of ways uh, from, from cracking the lineup again. So, uh, again, you know, you just have to, to, to motor through this and, uh, you know, the Comets are sitting in a situation where right now they're in a playoff spot, but they have to play like they're not because really they're not because Kalamazoo has three games at hand on the Comets at six points. So you assume they're going to win three games and take those six points away from the Comets. And right now they're playing from behind. So every game, especially this weekend, a game here with, with uh, Kalamazoo tonight and then two at home against Cincinnati, another team that, hey, you know what, if they sweep the Comets this weekend, they're right back in the playoff race. So yeah. uh, the Comets can really do a lot of uh, help for themselves by, by getting at least two out of three, hopefully three this weekend. Well, last week, no sugarcoating was not a good enough road trip for them in that regard, just because of, like you said, they needed to come away with a couple more points. Uh, you know, even though going to Wichita and playing the Mavericks is not an easy task, uh, even though Wichita is struggling, just playing in their own barn is, you know, not always the easy two points, I guess I should say. And uh, the Comets struggled that weekend. But going to your point about what's left here going forward, 24 games left in the season right now. Top four make the playoffs. Right now the Ks have four versus KZU, four versus Cincy. Six against that Wheeling team that you you talked about, who has just been on a tear uh, for a while. Five versus Indy, five versus Toledo, and 
as you said, the Comets right now has played 48 games, which is about two to three more than any ever, everyone in the conference. So they don't have a lot of room for air right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only bright side of this is that every game is within the division. You know, you're not going mm-hmm. outside the division. Right. So every game is a four-point swing, but you take a look at what Kalamazoo has. They've got six games outside of the division. So you figure they are going to win three out of those six. Just kind of put that in the equation. And right there, they're above the Comets and not helping the Comets at all because they're not playing a team within the division. Right. So they're not taking points away from anyone else. So that also plays into it uh, for the Comets' chances here. Uh, but, you know, I think they're kind of settling like, hey, you know, we, we look at, you know, Wheeling and Toledo, they're probably out of reach. Indy, they're starting to pull away as well. So just worry about Kalamazoo and Cincinnati right now. And they can do, a, again, a lot of damage here just this weekend. So, you know, think about, hey, it's just us in Kalamazoo. It's a playoff game here tonight. We're going to play them three more times. If we take care of those games, hopefully we'll be able to to uh, write our own ticket to the playoffs. And an interesting set with Cincinnati because we play them back-to-back here, and then I think the final two times we play them, it's a back-to-back uh, in Cincy, if I'm correct. So those two games, those four games are going to be playoff mentality type of games. Yeah, you know, and, and again, that, and I think uh, Coach uh, Coach Jesse Kalaki has already uh, stated that to the guys. Like, hey, we're, we're, the, the playoffs have got to start this week. Uh, you know, this weekend is a is a playoff series. We gotta we gotta win this first series to move on uh, to next weekend. And because uh, a lot of the next, because after this, I, I, I think you know, I want to say five or six games are against Wheeling and Toledo, the top two teams. And Wheeling, they took some hits. They got a lot of call ups uh, as well this uh, past week, and they're out west playing uh, Utah. So. Uh, you know, hopefully we can take advantage of that. But again, you're going to play the two top two teams, uh, you know, a lot the next couple of weeks. So you got to take advantage of the points when you can get them. Absolutely. And tonight, big game in KZU. You got the call tonight, and the Comets will just have to, like they say, suck it up, boys, and get her done because you don't have anybody else but yourself in that locker room. And it's going to take all of them this weekend to get the wins for the case. Yeah, and the good thing is, is the Comets are 4-0 in this building this year. Uh, so far in this series, the road team has won every game. Uh, so that bodes well for us here tonight. And uh, Ryan Fancy will get the start in goal. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, goaltending has been uh, very good for the Comets, and they're really going to need that here with uh, being a little shorthanded everywhere else. Absolutely. And like you said, we have gotten really good help out of the netminders this year, no matter who's been in the net, as those three goalies have shown that they're capable of providing big saves at the right time throughout the games that they've played. Shane, have a good one tonight. We'll all be listening as well as watching on Flow Hockey. Have a good one. Safe trip back home as we're getting a little snow today uh, here. Yeah, in- yeah, yeah. It was, uh, wasn't too bad uh, getting up here, but we'll see how it goes uh, coming home. All right, buddy. Be safe. Shane Alberani, right, voice of the Fort Wayne Comets, joining us here on the Sports Rush. We're going to step aside, come back, and wrap this thing up as the Friday edition of the Sports Rush is coming to a conclusion. And we're going to send you off into the weekend with a big smile on your face right after this here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, Friday edition of the Sports Rush right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Big thanks to Jim Coyle, Jeremiah Johnson from the Indiana Pacers, 
pre- and post-game show, as well as the sideline reporter, Jim McCoyle from Indiana Sports Beat Radio, as well as Mr. Shane Alberani from the Fort Wayne Comets. Thanks to them for joining us today. Remember, you can always stream us on 1380thefan.com, on the free 1380thefan app, on your smart speakers. And if you miss any of these shows, you are okay to download any of them episode free on your favorite podcasting platform including apple spotify and more you can follow us on x at 1380 the fan i'm on at coach griff on x adam is adam sports radio on x yep adam sports radio i like it thank you yeah, i like it thank you a lot of big games here this week and good luck to the ladies in the semi-state homestead norwell bishop lures as they all have big games tomorrow norwell right here on 1380 the fan bishop lures at Northside coming up at 7 30 night so long everybody have a great weekend on the sports rush 1380 the fan 100.9 fm